0: You're listening to Supporting Siblings, where we share the experiences of our not-so-typical life as a brother and sister of individuals impacted by developmental disabilities. Here are your hosts, Larry and Laura.
1: Hey, good morning. Good morning. What are you doing? I'm up early.
2: Watching the snowfall. (laughs) Oh,
1: (laughs) too bad for you.
2: Yeah, we're supposed to get six to ten inches.
1: (laughs) Oh boy, get that... That, uh, snow blower going.
2: Oh, Vince went out and fired it up this morning.
1: <laughs> oh, Hey, speaking of Vince, happy veterans day. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> happy veterans day to all our veterans that have served. And, uh, it's a great day to honor you. I know Vince, he takes advantage of every single thing. We're talking about your husband who was in uh, yeah. the air force for six years.
2: Four. Four. Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, he starts out at Denny's, yeah. Right, gets his free and then he uh, grand to, slam. Oh, he gets
2: his free grand slam. Yep. Then he goes to Delta Sonic. They give uh, free car washes, so he goes and gets a car wash. They used to give oil changes, but they're not doing that this year.
1: Oh boy! Out. <laughs>
2: yeah, I think some people have taken advantage of it and ruined it for others. But um, <clears throat> um, and then he gets a free lunch. There's multiple places that offer free stuff,
1: and then tonight, free dinner at Olive Garden. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. uh, a shout out to all our veterans. Thank you for serving our country. And uh, obviously, when we we uh, post this show, Veterans Day will be over. But we are recording relatively early in the morning for fish here, uh, Laura. <laughs> you've been uh, you probably got half a day in already. What time absolutely did you get yeah <laughs> uh
2: quarter to seven <laughs> that was actually sleeping in for me <laughs>
1: yeah um we're going to talk a lot about uh today the um the conference that um, uh, mary and i attended um the only bad thing about it is you weren't there but i, I know yeah. um you know tough to travel just you've already been here this year and for uh fish fest in my 50th so i i know it's tough to travel but Um, boy, am I really glad that, um, I went and a part of it we're going to do a whole segment on, um, and shout out to some of the great people, but just to be in a room full of everyone that, that gets what we're talking about. And, um, one of the biggest takeaways I, I think I got from that was what a need there is, um, for sibling support. Uh, we'll get into the statistics later, but, and talk about that, and shout out to everybody that uh, that I met. I'd like to do that. And we had some um, two great speakers that I uh, would love to come on the show, and we're we're gonna discuss that and um, do a, a phone interview. I also ended up feeling really thankful. A lot of the information that was given, you and I both have known for twenty years, and that's yeah. because of what Mom and Dad did. They really. Dug in. I mean, especially mom. They had different roles. Not that dad wasn't a part of it, but mom was the one who learned about Medicaid waiver programs and a- actually became a provider, a day hab provider at Agape. Uh, very, very thankful for the information because there were so many there that that didn't have that information. What's what are some of the earliest memories you have? When mom and dad started Agape Parents Fellowship.
2: I remember very vividly meeting Mike and Grace and Bob and Gloria. And if I'm not mistaken, if my memory is correct, I was probably around 10 years old and they came to our house in, when we lived in South Wales. Um, and, you know, just mom and dad and Mike and Grace um, and Bob and Gloria. Both Bob, Mike and Grace and Bob and Gloria were also two couples that had children with disabilities. Um, and my mom and our mom and dad, um, and Mike and Grace, Bob and Gloria all wanted something better, um, for their families and for their children. And through the navigation of services and agencies in Western New York, um, you know, there just wasn't, it wasn't what they were looking for. So they wanted to start something that was more family approach, um, and more, um, Supportive and actually minis- a ministry um, to parents so that they could um, feel some kind of hope, you know, because I think that what, what brought these three couples together was the sense of hopelessness um, and just not getting the support that they wanted from, you know, the other agencies that were out there. It was a very clinical approach. Yeah. Um, so they wanted something that was much more Um, family oriented and, you know, something that would be more nurturing to the entire family. Right. So Mm -hmm. I remember that, you know, the, the initial, um, early, early stages of just mom and dad and Bob and Gloria and Mike and Grace meeting in the living room and kind of outlining what they wanted to do and what they wanted to, um, the things that they wanted to establish and how they were going to go about it, and initially it was um, just completely funded through fundraising, um, you know. And as they began, they they went to our our church and were able to secure meeting spots, um, and it just grew from these six people to eventually you know, maybe 25 people to 50 people, and it just grew and grew and grew and grew. So um, it was a very viable um, flourishing agency from the mid-1980s all the way up through probably the maybe 2010 to 2012. Um, So you're talking a good, you know, 30 plus years of this agency serving families in Western New York. Um, so it grew from six people to serving over, you know, thousands of families in Western New York.
1: Yeah, thousands. And ended up being, I mean, once uh, Agape became a Medicaid waiver provider. Boy, mm-hmm. they did some fantastic things. Like uh, I remember getting appliances for single moms and
0: mm-hmm. building
1: ramps, mm-hmm. uh, getting ramps built by contractors, and uh, there's just so much stuff above and beyond the uh, the gatherings. But obviously, they had a summer gathering every year. We would go to an amusement park, and and the and uh, the the winter we had uh, the Christmas party which ended Mm -hmm. up being, uh, growing to a big budget thing where everybody got a gift, including the Mm -hmm. brothers and sisters. And uh, those were some really nice memories. And in the early days before, um, Frank Reich came on board and and he came Mm -hmm. on officially, believe he was on the board, him and Frank and Linda Reich, who of course now he's the the head coach for the Colts. And that was when the big money started flowing in. And, Mm -hmm. um, it was uh, it was great. Eventually, I think uh, early two thousands, another uh, a larger agency in Western New York took over Agape. Mom was unable to work at it anymore, and um, but it it uh, it started and grew, and now it's part of a much bigger thing. But it, sadly, really- you know,
2: I'm not gonna. I don't want to um, trash an agency in Western New York. Um, there are several. Uh, the very short version of that is that the state budget in New York State, and I don't want to get into politics at all, but the every year, every year, these budgets, a little more and a little more and a little more is shaved off of these, um, you know, the funds that fund these agencies. So the smaller agencies like Agape considered it to be, you know, it, it was considered a smaller agency as opposed to the very large agencies in Western New York, like Aspire and People Incorporated and that sort of thing. Um, sadly, um, it was actually taken over. It was swallowed up by an, a larger agency in Western New York. Um, and it wasn't, uh, unfortunately, it wasn't a good takeover. It was kind of, it was considered to be a hostile takeover. Um, but it was, one of many agencies that that happened to the smaller agencies so um you know it was for a season of time that mom and dad did this and you know as mom got older and um you know she was unable to work you know after so many years because she was just getting older and you know her health was starting to take you know have its issues and it was taking its toll on her so um it but for years and years i mean we did spaghetti dinners and craft shows and I mean (laughs) you know those are some fun memories oh yeah every Columbus day we did a spaghetti dinner at the Knights of Columbus in Lackawanna and mom and dad were basically like oh you're off from school so don't plan anything and you guys we served dinners and Mm -hmm. um you know mom my friends and your friends were recruited to take tickets at the door and serve people as they came in and I mean it started Mm -hmm. from maybe serving 50 people the first year to hundreds and hundreds of people families line that out
1: the door I mean lines that, yeah. out the door and it they made some crazy. pretty good money I mean uh, you know I think yep. the you know they would they would hover right around five thousand dollars yep. towards the the last few and yep. I think it was that we did those every year until until uh Frank Wright came on board and Yep. And that's when some really big money with the golf tournament and all that, but th- 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 those are great memories and
2: absolutely, everybody
1: came together and um, so many families and just, I don't know, the, uh, the community that was built through that um, with a, with a really good spiritual foundation as well. And um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I think we'll, uh, we'll save the story on how, um, mom was the one that came up with the name agape parents fellowship and that mm-hmm, is quite mm-hmm. a story i think that deserves yeah. deserves a whole episode but
2: yeah
1: but it was a great thing and and um lots of lots of great memories and and some you know some of them aren't so great i you know there were times where um, I, it, it, as it turned out our home became open to anyone that needed it and <clears throat> yep. that was how mm-hmm. dad was dad dad um uh took people in i mean we, not like that they mm-hmm. lived with us but if they were having a bad day they knew that they can just walk into the fish house and yeah. sit down and vent and 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 feel like somebody was there for them and um
2: oh how many I, times did we come home from school or you know wake up on a saturday morning and and there was a family in our house that had children with disabilities that they were just in crisis for whatever the case may be, behavioral issues from the child or financial ruin or whatever the case may be. And there was, you know, our family and, and all of the complications and problems that it brought. And there, then there would be maybe one or two more families in our house that their children were there that had disabilities and, and our house became like a haven. for many people. And it was, you know, as a teenager, I'm not going to lie to you and say that there were were times when I'd come downstairs and be like, are you kidding me? You know, I'm going back up to my room. I'm going to Jesse's house. I'm going to Nicole's house, (laughs) you know, just to get out or escape because it was nonstop. Yeah. Sometimes
1: it was a a little bit overwhelming at times, but that was, that was where mom and dad's heart were to reach out to hurting people and
2: yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And and that's that's kind of where for a little bit uh, this past Saturday, of course, I'm talking about the um, the TABS conference, which uh, TABS is the Tennessee adult Abro- adult Tennessee adult brothers and sisters, uh, which is part of the sibling leadership network. And just to have a room. I was the first time I had ever been just in a room with something that was just for us. And it was really, really great. And I'm looking forward to getting more involved with this agency. I know that there's some chapters up in Western New York, and you've talked about looking into those and being a part of them. And um, it it, it was nice, Uh, a lot of emotion in the room and uh, a shout out to uh, Janet Shouse and Emma, the, the organizers, really did a good job, brought in, uh, and uh, also want to say hello to Kaylee, who's back out in Denver, and she works for uh, Denver Advocates and does a lot of very important things. She's an advocate for the disabled and also specializes in something that is much needed and not much talked about, which is sex education. And um, we have uh, w- we have definitely gone through some things, with John John on that, it's still, still an issue. Um, mm-hmm. now, now that, uh, you being the primary caregiver and, uh, it's, uh, it's, a, uh, it's another subject again, we're going to devote a whole episode to, And I think that would be a great one to bring Kaylee in on, uh, since she does that kind of education, but her, and then this, uh, this young lady, Amanda from Washington, D.C. I mean, she just, poured out her heart on something and an idea that she has about, uh, travel buddies and, and, uh, you know, John, John, our brother can travel independently, but many cannot. Right. And, uh, she lives in DC, her sister lives in New York state and, and it's, uh, it's difficult and expensive to her to fly up and fly back or drive up and pick, pick up. So, um, down the road, we're going to have Amanda on the show and let her share her vision and idea for um, uh, an organization so that individuals with disabilities can travel to see their, their brothers and sisters that live in another state. And uh, I love yeah. that idea. And, boy, she just, you know, it reminded me of mom and dad, you know, back in the day when, um, you know, they would just talk about their vision for a vocational program for a respite facility. Uh, some of that came to fruition. Some of it did not. But I recognized that passion and love, and uh, it was it was really really interesting. Uh, interesting isn't the right word. It was it was fantastic to be in a room where you know everybody got it. What we're going mm-hmm. through. You know mm-hmm. the good and the bad. This you know the things that are extremely difficult. Um, I met a guy Roger who happens to live the uh, one zip code over really close, who is now um, uh, in Tennessee, they call it conservator. He's the primary conservator of his sister Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: also in charge of her health care. And they had a whole panel talking about the difficulties there and things to, you know, uh, watch out for bad doctors. I mean, they went through a lot of things, but again, a male brother taking a sister with a disability to a doctor. We know where that goes. You know, he had to check, ask questions that, that were embarrassing to him. And these are all things that are real. And Laura, I sent you this, um, the, the sheet, which they passed out. And this is, um, I'm going to put this link up on supporting Of course, our new website, and I'm going to link to the sibling leadership network. But, um, this is these are some staggering numbers. Uh, it says that uh, family caregivers are the largest, are the largest source of long term care in the U.S. From 2000 to 2015, the number of family caregivers has increased by eighty percent. Wow! Uh, I, I know, and seventy one percent of the five million people with IDD live with their families, yet only seven percent of all funding goes to family support services uh there that's a huge discrepancy there
2: yeah, it is. huge
1: discrepancy and when it goes on to talk about some of the sibling roles they often become the next generation of caregivers when parents are unable to provide care or pass away frequently the ob- oldest sibling becomes the caregiver um which is actually not the case technically what are you nine months two weeks younger but yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, um, but we share those rules yeah i just, know we do
1: i know, you know but it's, it's still it's, you've <laughs> taken on i mean john because you live three miles away and right. he calls you almost daily if he's bored and oh
2: yeah <laughs> trying to
1: you know he did it with me and um <laughs> you know we've talked a lot about mom and dad's successes and and um just real quick you know the one of the things that Uh, I wish mom would have done different is, is how she kind of set John up. Uh, That thought's not clear. We'll save that for later. Train just Uh, drove right by. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Cutting room.
1: cutting room for her. But um, I mean, these numbers are are really, it's uh, staggering. And what is going to happen when, now the numbers one in 58, 59, the next generation, long after we're gone, our kids uh, will, I mean, what's going to happen, you know, unless something changes, you know, like it, it's really, it, uh, it's really interesting and kind of scary, actually, uh, that, that these numbers are it's so It's very
2: hard. scary. And, and, you know, like I said, I don't want to, you know, get into politics, but it's kind of hard to avoid when it comes to this topic, because it is our lawmakers and our, you know, state and and local and federal lawmakers that are in control of what's happening. And so we need to hold our um, elected leaders accountable and be a voice in your, you know, state capitals and in your at the federal level, because, you know, without the funding, it's falling more and more on the families. Responsibility, you know, as a family responsibility. And, you know, I, I can tell you in New York State, there's something here called self directed care. And if John and Billy were not placed in the situations that they are now, both in group homes, I do not think that John would have ever qualified for a group home situation. And instead, what they're looking to do is either A, have that person live with a family member, and um, you know, have the family member get reimbursed for their care, um, or B lived in, a, in an apartment and their their care is self directed, like John would have a say so in who he hires for his staff. And I just on a million levels, I go, okay, that might be okay for some people, but can you imagine John hiring staff, <laughs> and you know, and what happens if that staff uh, doesn't come know, in, and whose responsibility uh... does it become? Because if a staff member doesn't show up and I'm at work, what am I supposed to do, yeah. you know? And so they're, they're leaving a lot of, it's creating, in my opinion, they're, they're creating things that for families, more um, sources of stress and difficulties that may not be able to be undone, you know? And not that, you know, families just want to put their kids in group homes and walk away. That's not it. But the level of care that they're required, you know, to have throughout their life, Um, you can't keep taking those away from families. And, you know, I mean, it's a hard role to assume as a sibling because he's not our child and you and I are approaching or getting closer to those retirement years. And we both, you and I have discussed, like, there are things we want to go do, you know, like I want to travel. I want to, you know, live in Florida for part of the year and, and not be here in this garbagey snow that I'm looking at right now, you know? And so, what would I do if I had John living with me? Yeah, you know, how would that affect my life? You know, it's it's
1: in a massive way. almost
2: I, it, right. It's almost putting siblings and families at a very unfair disadvantage that you're taking away options. You know, so ugh, don't get me started. It's kind of a, a touchy subject for me, and I get very frustrated. And I've actually have made phone calls to. Um, local leaders um you know local congressmen that are um serving at the state level and have been a voice and implored them sent emails and that sort of thing like you can't keep taking this funding away you can't do this because agencies are running on bare bones and they just don't have the funds anymore to provide the services that they used to mm-hmm. so yeah. and that that's kind of why Agape got taken over
1: yeah. you and, know these
2: little small agencies just couldn't, couldn't sustain with the lack of funding. So the bigger agency swallowed them up. And so, you know, the more personal approach is gone.
1: Right. Right. You know? And with the so numbers going up, I mean, an 80% increase in, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> of family being the, uh, being the caregivers and the individual still living at home. And, um, right. with the numbers, John, John, one in 15,000 for autism. Now it's one in 59 it doesn't Mm -hmm. take a rocket scientist to see that we have something that needs to be addressed. And, Mm -hmm. um, well, one of the things I I wanted to do, and we, uh, we've talked about, uh, making our episodes, sticking right around 30 minutes for our episodes, Mm -hmm. which if we're, uh, if we end up going long, we're going to break them into two parts. Uh, A lot of people uh, loving what we're doing and say, Oh, I can only listen to part of it. So, uh, with that, I want to end it with a really funny story, um, but some really good things that you pointed out, and um, uh, something's got to be done. I don't know. Maybe oh. maybe we got to get a little bit more active Laura, in this mm-hmm. uh, and in that arena. Um, yeah. But I, I just I'm want to say that you
2: yeah. you are first of all. Let me say that um, I'm super glad you went to this conference. And Larry, honest to God, listening to you talk just now and listening to every all the people you network with, you sounded just like dad, <laughs> just like dad. That's all I could think of was he is dad. He's the one that went in and was shaking hands with people and introducing himself and networking with people and building your, and all I could think of was dad. I'm like, he's dad to a hundred percent. So Good job, Lair. Uh, <laughs> just like Dad, just like Dad.
1: Um, uh, you too, though. Yeah, we both uh, we both are kind of taking. I'm not saying you're like Mom, but you've picked up a lot of the good things with Mom as far as knowledge, and uh, so I, I I'm really glad we're kind of doing this together because we both have have uh, things that we're good at with it, and um. Uh, and so that's the other kind of thing I wanted to journey, say. You know,
2: right? You know, you as Thank brothers you and sisters. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I wanted to say as brothers and sisters, you know, educate yourself. Um, get knowledgeable about what services are out there. One of the things that you told me that was um, shocking to you is that, you know, people weren't aware of the Medicaid waiver and services that are out there. And, you know, very often I hear people say, well, I called that, you know, this agency but they didn't call me back. You may have to call them five times and on the sixth Time, they'll return your call. I hate to say that, you know, it doesn't, it's not, a, again, it's not a very personal approach, but you have to be very persevering in your, um, your, you know, setting out to try to set up some services for you so that your life can be as ho- supported as possible, you know, so it's going to be very important for everybody to educate yourself. I know locally here in Western New York, they have classes through OPWDD, which is the Office of Persons with Developmental Disabilities. Um, you know, you call that number and they'll tell you when the classes are so you can kind of educate yourself. But no, I, I, unfortunately, <clears throat> you are going to have to be the person that, that drives the ship, more than likely and be persistent and make sure that as time goes on, you set your sibling up along with your family if your mom and dad is still alive, that they are always taken care of, you know, because they may outlive you. And so um, you want to make sure that those things are um, put in place so that you're not in a reactive mode after something tragic happens. Um, right. So my, you know, just if I could encourage anybody, just please educate yourself and get yourself out there and contact us. I mean, you know, through the email, or through social media, if you have questions on what to do or how to do it, I can help you point you in the right direction as far as locally here in Western New York, Larry, I'm sure you can figure things out from Tennessee. And if you live in another state, you know, I can, we can talk about how to do the Google search to get linked with your state disability office.
1: Yeah. Well, we're going to, going to take a, a 30 second break and when we come back, we are going to, uh, I have a list that I want to read here of resources specifically for siblings um, w- with disabilities. And this is kind of a national thing. And then we got to, we're going to wrap up with a, with a, uh, a, a really funny story, a it's classic, a, a classic <laughs> story. So uh, we'll be right back. Make sure you visit our website, supporting siblings.com. There isn't much there, but every episode is there uh, a little bit of an outline where we working on it. Hashtag working on it is my favorite, uh, but uh, there'll be more things to come. And a lot of these um, links to other uh, sites will be there as well as uh, they, they've uh, some of the, 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 people involved with the conference are going to help us and promote us. So that'll be coming up uh, real soon, but uh, we'll be right back. Supportingsiblings.com.
0: We invite you to visit patreon.com slash support sibs and support the podcast with a five or ten dollar monthly subscription you'll get exclusive access to the full episode one day earlier along with the bonus segment musical mayhem access to the full unedited show with all the funny outtakes and bloopers again that's patreon.com slash support sibs
1: yeah, so a couple of these, uh, I'm going to just run through. They're real easy. A lot of them are, Are one of them is basically the opposite of our website. But the first one is the Sibling Leadership Network, and that's siblingleadership.org. Uh, that is a, a, a nationwide uh, website that you can find resources in local chapters in your state, city, or town. Uh, there's and they have things like SIB shops, which are designed for toddlers and younglings uh, to go and hang out. Those are some of the SIB shops are really nice. The other thing is the Sibling Support Project, and this one is siblingsupport.org. Uh mm-hmm. It's another. This is a national thing. Uh, it's dedicated to the lifelong concerns, specifically for brothers and sisters, uh, and a lot of really good resources there. Again, for you say like you say, get educated. Uh, there's a there's a great resource right there. On Facebook, there's three groups I want to mention, and you know you just go to Facebook and search for SIB teen. This is obviously for teenagers. Like I would have loved to have had that. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, the internet. Uh, Al Gore was still working on the internet in the 80s, so
2: mm-hmm.
1: we didn't. <laughs> and then SIB 20s. SIB 20. Uh, this is for siblings in their 20s. And then SibNet, which you and I are a part of, uh, mm-hmm. it's for adult siblings. So uh, take advantage of those resources that are out there, and uh, th- there there are some. And take care of yourself as well. That was one of the, um, again, shout out to Kaylee Day from uh, Denver, Colorado. She works for advocacydenver.org, and uh, she does... Uh, A lot of self-care classes, there's a a lot out there to make sure you take care of, you know, like they say, and you know, she mentioned in her presentation, um, put your mask on first and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, uh, offered some really good things. But so we we know that uh, we've talked about how John John likes to travel and I'm going to set up the story. And then uh, you go ahead and tell it because I know you you seem to be up a notch on remembering details. Because <laughs> um, I'm a woman. I, <laughs> 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 yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> I'm too busy, you know, all the oh time.
2: Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, Lord.
1: <laughs> I know. I don't know that's uh you know fart noises make people laugh, but so our uh, mom's brother, uh Marty Schultz, our our uncle Marty was living in Virginia beach. Grandpa Schultz, uh, our grandfather and mom's mom and uncle Marty's oh my God, let's try that again. Grandpa Schultz, who who obviously was mom's dad, mom and uh, uncle Marty's father made a trip down to Virginia beach at the time uncle Marty was in the Navy. And, uh, so they went down there for a visit and I don't know what airlines it was. was, It's probably your regardless, but the trip home was, was just, I mean, you know, you couldn't even, you, you can't even make this stuff up. I mean, to, to write, you know, a comedy scene based on this flight <laughs> and what happened. So grandpa was, uh, kind of getting up there. He had very, he was very hard of hearing. I'm to set that up. Yeah. John, John, um, I guess using the word obsession is good. He's obsessed about two things, time and uh-huh. airline travel. So
2: right.
1: <laughs> if the time gets screwed up, um, if it's late, it stresses them out if things aren't on in time, and I do believe that it started with a lot of delays due to weather. Correct. Yeah, so they were kind of hung up at the airport for a while. And mm-hmm. finally, um, uh, three seats, Grandpa on the aisle seat, John John by the window as always, and Mom in the middle. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I'm going to tag out and let you take it from there and, and <laughs> tell about uh, the the flight home and oh dear
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just shout out to mom who just you know endured probably one of the craziest nights of her life so you're right they were delayed from weather um and i was supposed to this is of course before apps and everything else and you're call you know calling the airport or checking you know the best we could to see when things were supposed to be coming in and calling and there was delay after delay after delay and they never got in until after midnight um, and they, I don't know they were supposed to get in somewhere around maybe 9 o'clock at night and so after three hours of delays they I, I don't recall if they had a layover but it might have just been you know delays leaving Virginia Beach but at any rate um, you know I found this out I'm going to tell the story as if I were there but of course I would you know if I tell it in any other manner, it would kind of ruin the end of the story, which is the funniest part. So, so mom later, you know, so had filled me in and then I, and then of course I'll take, you know, discuss what happened when I got to the airport. So yeah, John, John was, you know, uh, he's obsessed with travel and, and weather and time and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the weather just delayed this flight and there were bad thunderstorms, just really bad thunderstorms. And, um, so, you know, John John was sitting near the window, and they were flying, and, um, and there was lots of lightning. And, you know, John John would say, oh, my God, when a, <laughs> a lightning flash would happen. And a little pretty, bit of some
1: turbulence yeah. was going on. Yeah. Yeah, was some
2: turbulence, wreck. and Grandpa was leaning over going, what did he say? And my, And Mom would have to repeat it. He's just nervous about the flight. John would say, I'm not nervous, you know, and it was, what did he say? She said he's not nervous yet, and then she's going, Dad, could you please just be quiet and just stop <laughs> asking me questions because you know everything, everything I'm saying, he's getting freaked out about. And so, you know, another flash of lightning would happen, and more turbulence, and that, oh my god, you know, and yeah. he'd yell out, and
1: "This plane is going to yeah, crash." But, that's what he started. Yeah. That was that was, was the one Mom, line. This plane is yeah. gonna crash.
2: Yeah, he was all freaked out about you know <laughs> that plane that, that, crashing. Yeah, yeah. no rain yeah. man. And, <laughs> yeah, and every time Don would say something, Grandpa would say, "What did he say?" Because he couldn't hear what Don was saying, and Mom would go, "Nothing. Can we just drop it? You know?" And I'll tell you about it later. And Grandpa got mad at her because he was just you know she was trying to basically shook him and John's going, Oh my God, we're going to crash, Bob. This plane's going to crash. And, and, you know, just back and forth, this was nonstop through the whole flight. Grandpa going, what did he say? What did he say? And finally the guy in front of the row in front of them.
1: Had been thrown back some hardcore vodka, I believe. Yeah. But they had <laughs> quite a few
2: drinks in him probably to deal with his stress level of the bad weather and he leans, you know, he kind of gets up on his knees and peeks over the seat and he looks at mom. He says, <laughs> he goes, lady, can you please make him stop it, you know, and not say anything more? Well, key that word, he, it. Said, key words. Yeah, yep. he said stop. Key word. Yeah, he said stop. Now John's mad. Now he's mad. It's his major trigger word. You don't say stop around yeah, John. You have to rephrase your language. And so. Now John's mad that the guy said, stop. <laughs> Grandpa's going, what did that guy say?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mom had had it, like up to her throat yeah. on either side of her. And the whole time, you know, flying through some kind of, you know, will-terrifying yeah. weather. Mom was a, a bit
1: of a reluctant flyer herself. That, she didn't yeah, really yeah, like she it. Really she really did like it. She did it when she had to, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. so... You know, they finally land in Buffalo and it's now like, you know, three hours late. And I had, I got to the airport and this was before 9-11. And so you could go, you know, through security and get to the gate where the people were coming in. And mom and John and grandpa are getting off the plane. And grandpa, um, you know, his health was starting. Grandpa, you know, I, I um, put this on Facebook this morning. Grandpa lived for 50 plus years with just one lung, with One lung. Yeah. Um, he, he was a, uh,
1: another veteran in the Coast Guard. Yeah. He lost mm-hmm, a lung mm-hmm. in, a, in a boating accident. He yeah.
2: contracted tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they removed the lung. So grandpa's heart and he congestive heart failure. So he it wasn't the greatest, you know, he had to move very slowly and he would become very short of breath. And, um, you know, he was a very, tried to be a very healthy man. He wasn't a smoker or anything like that. But his breathing was very labored because of just having one lung. So he gets off of the plane. They start walking through the, the terminal there. I, your friend Kirk calls it the habit trail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they are walking through it. And Grandpa grabs his chest, falls up against the wall of this thing, and slides down to the down ground. The wall.
1: Now, in the meantime, <laughs> John 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 has never recovered from being pissed yeah. off on the flight yeah. because of the guy yeah. using the word stop. And yeah, then mom and, was getting angry with John, John, you know, yeah, anything, yeah. any kind of direct command uh, that yeah. has like, it, there's a long list of adverbs that John is uh, that you just don't say to him. Or are you going to make him mad stop is yeah. the biggest one. Oh, yeah. um, but anything that has a direct command of telling him what to do and, mom had negative. snapped at that point yeah. and just, you she know, had shut enough. up, yeah. you know, I can...
2: yeah.
1: You're making people scared on this flight. What? Yeah. Shut up. This plane is going <laughs> to So yeah. you just, so was, John John is was ticked off. Yeah, he yeah, was, he he was mad. Bad. He was having an episode. And their yeah. grandpa, so go ahead. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> grandpa's <laughs> sitting on the floor and they're waiting for a wheelchair to come. Popping nitro. Yeah, man, popping them nitro, and Mom walked John to the end of the terminal there, and uh, I'm standing there waiting. And I knew that they had already been under a ton of stress. And Mom basically comes to the end of this, you know, tunnel, and just basically pushes John at me. Oh <laughs> and my gosh! Said, oh, help. That's all right.
1: Okay, okay. go ahead. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so Steve a basically. Phone in my office.
2: And it pushes John at me and more or less was like, get him out of my face. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and he's on? all upset. You know, I'm like, what is the matter? And she said, um, grandpa's in there and he's having chest pains and they're giving him, we're giving him nitro, but I need a wheelchair. And that's that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I was like, this is a disaster. So I'm like, come on, John, let's go. You know, I'm like, well, we're going to walk down to the baggage area while mom deals with this, and you know, and he is just reeling the whole way through the, through the airport mumbling and talking to himself. And, you know, and I, I mean, I looked at him and he's just going to town of, I do not like to be told stop, and I was very scary. And, you know, he's just going to town. And I looked at him and I said, dad, what happened? I'm like, what is wrong with mom? And he goes, I don't know. I don't know what her problem is. She knows I'm autistic. Yeah, I'm the one that that's autistic.
1: I don't know what her problem is. I'm oh the one that's God. autistic. I You're mean, the... just like.
2: I, this is madder than a hornet. And, like, you know I'm autistic, you know? Oh, like, uh, duh, you know? Yeah. Well, poor mom. Like, when we got in the car, she goes, get me home. Yeah. And I was just like, that's mom, you got to hear this, you know? <laughs> yeah, she's like, that'll be the last time that I ever do that, you know? And, I mean, when I when I got her in the car and I told her what happened, I, you know, she just, I don't even think she was humored at that point. I think she was just like, I'm going to knock both of them out, you know? <laughs> like, oh, I've goodness. had it. And it was just, I mean, looking back, I mean, the, the, for him to say that, I burst out <laughs> laughing. And I was like, dude, <laughs> you better just shut your mouth. <laughs> I think mom's gonna kill you if yeah, you don't right.
1: shut up. <laughs> Stop
2: what? Oh <laughs> yeah. man.
1: Well Yeah,
2: those were the days.
1: <laughs> that was uh that What? that's a that's a funny story. And mom mom told it best. Rest her soul. She did. I, yep. I've been missing her lately a little bit, especially mm-hmm. um you know, I but uh that's a whole nother holidays. story. But yeah, I know. Holidays, all that. Mom yeah. loved Christmas and Well, I'll let you enjoy that snow. I'm going to wrap it up here. I got a little bit of a day myself. I'm going to go visit my good friend and mentor, Pastor Bob. But thanks for listening to Supporting Siblings. Stay tuned. Uh, Take advantage of all these resources and reach out to us. Uh, We want to start having some other people on the show. We've got a couple lined up and let you come and share your stories of, of hope and some of your disastrous stories and just want to let you know that we're here, and there's strength in numbers. Another show, this one, uh, I don't know what we're going to do next, but I think we're going to get some of these uh, these people that we met on the phone with us, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But, again, um, happy Veterans Day to all the veterans. Thank you for your service, and enjoy the snow. There. Check out our website, supportingsiblings.com, and it would be awesome if you supported us on our Patreon page, which will give you some extras as well. Any last words?
2: So no, educate yourself. <laughs> yeah, educate. Educate yourself. Take advantage.
1: Yourself there informed. is stuff out there. Not enough, but there are things out there. Take care. This is Larry and Laura, Supporting Siblings.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's episode and invite you to share your stories and write to us at a typical at gmail.com. Or visit supportingsibs.transistor.fm and connect with us on all our socials.